Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Betty White is hanging here inside of her PETA, and we're back for episode 54 of the Arner Adventures podcast. This is the final episode of the year. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. We made it through 2022, hitting every single week, dropping an episode every week. <laughs> every single week. Our previous guest, Flobo Boyce, also a mentor of ours in the podcast world, says, you just have to be consistent with your episodes. And gosh, we've been consistent. I'm so proud of us. Me too. That is so he, cool. Yeah, Flobo was the one mm -hmm. that we reached out to and, you know, said, we're, we're thinking about starting this podcast. What pointers do you have? And there's a number, and we said it in the beginning, that you need to get to, and it's more likely that you're going to continue. Do you remember what week that was? Seven or uh, twelve or oh something? yeah, it was something that were that were way beyond that. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, fifty four. Uh -huh. Yeah, fifty four, man. Oh, that is so cool. Well, we haven't even talked about this yet, but when I had COVID last April and you hadn't caught it yet, we were trying to stay away from each other in the house. We yes. we thought that maybe there'd be a chance you wouldn't get it. <laughs> that was really funny. It was, yeah. And we still recorded an episode then from separate rooms. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I know that's dedication, right? And I remember yeah. I've gone back and listened to that when it was the earth day one uh -huh. and I sound like death. Yeah. And I'm just smiling, trying to get uh -huh. through it. And now when I listen to it, I'm like, gosh, nobody even said, Hey, what was wrong with you or anything? They probably <laughs> just thought I had a cold, but Right. I was past the part where I was laying in the bed thinking I'll never get out of this bed again. <laughs> um, I was sitting on the side of the bed recording it in the air. Yeah. And then yeah. you were in here. Oh, God, that's funny to think back on. I know. But that's oh. dedication right there. You that know, is, that is speaking of dedication. Our guest today, he is truly a spark in our lives. His name is John McFadgen, and he is such an inspirational story. Very timely as we head into a new year. He is going to really get you amped and ready to take on new feats in your life. Maybe challenge yourself to do something that is out of the box. I know. Yeah. I, you know, you've seen mm -hmm. it and we'll talk about it at the end because you weren't you weren't a part of the actual interview, but you feel inspired, don't you? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah it was. Yeah. I really loved seeing what the interview you had with him. It was great. Yeah. Uh -huh. Should we just go ahead and get to the conversation? Let's do it. I'm ready. Uh, OK. Uh -huh. Our guest today is John McFadgen. Following a remarkable coincidence one Saturday morning in June of 2014, John decided to throw aside a lifetime of fear of failure and try something new. Over the following years, a tiny seed of an idea germinated in his brain, which eventually led him to embark on a lifetime quest to go stand up paddleboarding in every country in the world. In 47 countries so far, 
He still has some way to go. As John says himself, I won't be finished before Christmas. <laughs> John is a passionate public speaker who loves stand-up paddleboarding. So as you can imagine, he absolutely loves talking about stand-up paddleboarding as well. And we're going to talk about it today. Twice long-listed and commended for the prestigious Brat New Travel Writer of the Year Award, John is an accomplished storyteller with numerous dramatic, exciting, and humorous stories in his repertoire. We are so excited for you, John, to be here. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here, Shannon. Thank you for inviting me. I, I will also thank you because you're in the UK. There's a time difference, so thank you for accommodating that as well. It's um, eight, eight o'clock in the evening here, so I was going yeah. to say good evening, but I, I guess I should say good <laughs> afternoon because it's still afternoon for you. Yeah, it is. It's, it's about a little after three o'clock this time as we're recording. So I always like to talk about where are people currently, but then when there's a time difference, it's I always like to point that out for our audience too, so they can kind of get an idea of it. So tell us where you are currently. Okay, so I, 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 I'm from Scotland originally, you can probably tell from yep. my last name and my accent, but yep. uh, I've spent the last 30 years living in a small town in the northwest of England. It's called Southport, which is just a little bit north of Liverpool, which your listeners may have heard of in, in England. And yeah. I, I'm very fortunate. I live in a, a lovely third floor apartment here with a, a fantastic view. Obviously, not right now because it's dark, but during the daytime, <laughs> It's a, a very lovely place to live. Now we have a, a a mental picture, which I think we always like to like to have. So I, of course, we were so intrigued when we read about you and read about your story. We really relate to the fear of failure part. We we talk about the fear aspect and so much of what mine and Jerry's life. When you just finally decide, okay, I'm going to get past that. It's scary. And a lot of people say you should do something every day that scares you. And so I feel like I always tend to stay away from the fear. <laughs> but I also know that we've made decisions in our life that were fearful and that we are where we are now because of it. So I would love it if you could tell us what inspired you to because you haven't been paddleboarding, stand up paddleboarding your whole life. So I'm, I'm intrigued by if you could tell our audience what inspired you to go after it and to be now an experienced stand up paddleboarder. Yes, I mean it is a story that began you know just over eight years ago in June 2014, and I, I don't have any background prior to that in you know water sports or anything. You know some people came into stand-up paddleboarding from a surfing background or a canoeing and kayaking, but uh, I've never done anything like that. And it never even appealed to me, but, the, but for a remarkable coincidence, one Saturday in, in June 2014. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier on, I live in a, a third floor apartment. And if the, if the sun was shining, I would open that blind behind me and you, yeah. could, you could look out and see the view that I look out to. It's quite... Um, it's quite spectacular. If you look to your your right, you can see the, the hills and fells of the English Lake District. And there's a, a famous in, in the UK, anyway, a famous seaside town called Blackpool uh -huh. in, in the foreground with, a, you know, there's a big roller coaster there called the big one. And if you look <laughs> the other way, you can see North Wales and, and the mountains of North Wales there as well. And wow. right in front of you is a, a man-made Victorian lake called Southport Marine Lake. And I, I look out, you know, I look out that window, obviously, every day of my life. It's where I live. But 
that, that particular Saturday morning, I saw something I'd never seen before. There were three people out in the middle of the lake, and they were each standing on what looked like a kind of a large surfboard and propelling themselves across the surface of the water with a large paddle. And I'd never seen anything like it. And I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, those people must be crazy. If they fall <laughs> off, they're going to get wet. <laughs> you know, let's face it, no, nobody wants to get wet. I wasn't even concerned about them drowning. I was just thinking of them getting wet really if wet. they fell in the water. And uh, <laughs> I would probably have never thought another thing about it if it wasn't for a remarkable coincidence because later that day I took my two youngest daughters Jessica and Jasmine to their their dancing class they, they used to go to somewhere called the fitness factory and uh -huh. uh, they did a street class street dance class on a Saturday afternoon and when I when I took them in that day there was a poster up in the wall and it had a photograph of someone doing this paddling activity and it said stand up paddle boarding lessons so it was almost like a, wow. a, a calling, a, a synchronicity. So uh, I said to Amy, who's the, the lady that owned the fitness factory at the time, I said, Amy, what is this stand-up paddleboarding thing? I saw three people out on the lake this morning doing that exact thing. And she said, oh, that'll be my partner, Alan. He does lessons on the lake. You should go for a lesson. And I, I remember saying to Amy, Oh, I'd, you know, I'd like to, Amy, but, you know, my balance isn't very good. I'd probably fall in and, and get wet. And <laughs> it, it, Amy just laughed at me and she said, that's what everyone says. You, you know, just go for it. And it, it made me realise, you know, there is nothing wrong with my balance. You know, my balance is no better and no worse than anyone else's. And it made me realise that, that that's the excuse most people give for that. Nowadays, when I say to people, try stand-up paddleboards, they say, oh, I'd love to, but my balance isn't very good, you know, and really, it, it was just an excuse. It was just negative self-talk, and that was why I found myself booking that very first lesson in June 2014. When you went out there, was did you find that you immediately were like, this is great, I'm going to do it, or were you sort of like, oh, okay, I'm glad I tried this out, I might do it again? Like, what was your immediate thought? I was a little bit nervous before the lesson because, you know, as I say, I didn't have any background in that kind of thing. So listen, we're probably not the first to introduce you to the topic of CBD or CBD oil. If you're anything like us, it seems like every time you turn around, you're seeing a neon sign for CBD sold here at your local grocery store in a window as you're driving by or it flashes across your screen in an online ad. Shannon's sister told us about the benefits she was having from a brand she was using, and then we started paying attention to that brand. Spoiler alert, that brand is Danodan. Full transparency, we get about two to three CBD brands reaching out to us every week. And it wasn't until we started digging into the research that we learned that CBD isn't always CBD. They're just not all the same. Danadan Hemp Works makes organic hemp flower infusions. They're more than just CBD. Danadan's range of hemp products dissolve easily into any liquid and support your routine by helping you manage daily stress, promote healthy sleep, provide caffeine-free energy, and recover from activity-related stiffness and soreness. They also have CBD hemp flower infusions specifically designed for pets, and Betty White uses it every day. She loves it. We put it on our food. And with Danodan, you'll enjoy all the benefits of legal hemp, 
not just one or two compounds isolated in a lab. Get 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. We'll link it for you in the show notes. That's 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. Danodan, more than just CBD. And it was, it was quite a strange evening. That evening, it was a very sort of warm, you know, those warm summer's evenings that you can still feel the the heat of the sun on your skin, even though it's sort of, I think it was at seven o'clock in the evening and yeah. the sky was blue. There wasn't a cloud in sight. And we we sort of set off o- over the lake. There, there was Lucy, who was my instructor, and Claire, who was the other lady that was having a lesson at the same time. And I, I remember being really sort of tensed up, you know, and all my, my legs were were stiff because I was worried about that that falling in and getting wet and the the craziest thing happened after about 20 minutes just from nowhere a, a huge dark grey cloud just came over the horizon it came over the lake and it just started lashing it down with rain and you, you, one of my most prized photographs I've got of it's a photograph of that lesson and you can see myself and Lucy and Claire out in the middle of the lake and there are people walking past in the foreground, huddling under a huge red golf umbrella. You know, it was that wet. But of course, what happens when it rains, you get wet. And once I was wet, I stopped worrying about falling in. It was love at first sight. You know, I just felt so, so relaxed and, and happy being out in the water. And always a sort of meditative aspect to of just being present in the moment because I was I was either concentrating on, on learning a new sport or I was just sort of standing there and swaying gently from side to side and oh. you know just relaxing and it I think not not just that evening but any other time I've paddled it's a, a great way and a great opportunity to leave your your trials and tribulations of real life behind you. Um, right. But well, depends what you call real life. Maybe real life stand up paddle boarding and the the fake life's the other part. My personal experience is that I have signed up in my lifetime for paddle boarding twice. Uh huh. And I, I'm I'm not. I don't know. I guess maybe maybe the fear is also getting wet, which is ridiculous. It's not like the water is lava, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, I, something has come up both times. I've not been able to actually go for the lesson and it really did come up. Like I really do want to do it. But when I read your story, I was like, okay, and we live here on the coast. And so I said, okay, I definitely need to do this. This is something that I want to do, but there's one thing saying, okay, I really like this. And then there's another saying, okay, now I'm going to paddleboard, stand up paddleboard in every country in the world. So where did you get there? And it, was it just like, okay, if I set this goal, it'll keep me doing it? Or what inspired you to have that quest? Yeah, it, it sort of grew gla- gr- gradually, to be honest, Shannon. And shortly after I had that lesson, I was due to to go to Australia to attend the, the wedding of a very good friend. And I, I was quite naive back then. I remember thinking, I wonder if they do stand-up paddle boarding in Australia you know of, of course they do water sports are huge in Australia but I didn't I didn't really know you know and I, I went on to the internet and I, I went on to Google and I, I googled stand-up paddle boarding Sydney and a, a SOP school in, in Sydney came up and I ended up booking a, a tour around Sydney Harbour for for while I was there and I 
that that's still one of the most memorable experiences of oh. my life. We, we didn't go right into the harbour, but you know, I've got photographs of me paddling with the the Opera House and Sydney Harbour Bridge behind me, and it was um one of the most epic paddleboarding locations I think anywhere in the world. Yeah. And yeah. But, you know, that wasn't really the beginning of the whole, let's do the whole world. You know, it was just a, a one-off. But then maybe a few months after that, I was going to to Portugal to attend a sort of training course or retreat type thing. And I remember thinking, I wonder if you can go paddle boarding on the Algarve <laughs> in Portugal. Like, you know, of course you can. It's a, it's a huge thing there, you know. So I, I ended up booking a... A, a trip with a guy called Nick from Supalgarve and we went along the coast there and he, you know, he took me into a few caves, you know, there, there were caves you could paddle into and then there was a, a gap in the roof that the sun was shining through and it was just oh. a, a, an exquisite experience and it, yeah. it, it went from there, you know, the, the next one was a family holiday to Italy and France, so I paddled in Italy uh, and France and when I put some photographs on Facebook from France, my my friend Lucy Pierce, who was the same Lucy that gave me that lesson in, in 2014, and she wrote something. I think she said, "Oh, paddle the world with John McFadden," and it was just a throwaway line from her. And I thought, "Oh, I wonder, I wonder if I could do that, you know?" And it's just grown from there. And I, I describe it as a lifetime quest, you know, because people say, you know, if you make something a goal, you know, you have to put time scales on it, and if a I've still got maybe about 150 countries to go. So if I said I wanted to do that in the next 10 years, I'd have to do 15 a year. And then if I got to October and I'd only done three that year, oh no, yeah. I've got to do another 12 before Christmas. Um, <laughs> let, let's cancel Christmas this year. So there's a risk it could become a chore and I don't want that to happen. So I, I describe it as a lifetime quest. And I guess I, yeah. I just hope that my lifetime w will be long enough to allow me to achieve that quest. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people wish they had been to 47 countries, period, just to visit. Yeah, yeah. You know, thinking about, oh, yeah, you have this many ahead of you. 47 countries to have been to and then to have stand-up paddleboard in all of those countries is amazing. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you're able to recognize that, right? I think so, yeah. I don't, I mean, I... Uh, you can't know for sure, but I don't think there's anyone else who's been stand-up paddleboarding in 47 countries. And yeah. Most people, as you say, most people wouldn't have visited 47 countries. And, uh, yeah. I guess just to some extent, I have to acknowledge a certain privilege there. You know, I, I, I live in the UK. I hold a UK passport. I can visit most countries in the world. You know, if I, there are a lot of countries where if you... You know, and you're the same as well. If you hold a United yeah. States passport, I think you're welcome almost everywhere in the world as as yeah. I am. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that privilege or, you know, perhaps they, their family circumstances or their health circumstances mean that they don't have those opportunities. So I, I, I do acknowledge that I'm privileged, but, you know, also I've had to go out there and make those things happen and I've had to to push through those sort of fear of failure and self-doubt you know quite often in the in the days leading up to going on a trip I have those voices in my head telling oh just cancel the trip you know nobody even knows you're going or you just tell people you're not well you know and I, yeah. I have to fight through that self-doubt yeah every single time you know and I don't know 
I don't know why I have the self-doubt every single time, but mm. it does get easier to deal with because I know what the outcome is going to be. But I still, I still have the voices. It's, it's strange. It well, I, I, I think speaking for myself, and I know Jerry too, but I think also a lot of the people that we've had on our episodes, I always am intrigued by mindset. And I feel like everyone talks about having those voices and they have to work hard to overcome that and to, you know, change that talk. And so I think, I feel like you're pretty normal with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I know it's a daily effort to change it. I mean, I can hear the dialogue sometimes just can be negative or worrying or whatever, but yeah, I'm thinking about how I can book, you know, lunch with somebody and I'm trying to get out of it. So I can't even imagine yeah. <laughs> going yeah. to another country to paddleboard and try to get out of that too. But you talked about having that experience in Sydney and it being just almost magical, just seeing the things that you see and almost being meditative. I can, I can picture that, but I'm sure you have a plethora of wild, funny, scary stories. What is one of the, let's, let's start with one of the like craziest, one of the wildest moments you've experienced yeah, um, I mean, while this, you're paddleboarding. Th th this story is, you know, almost unbelievable. If I didn't have a photograph of this incident, I'd, I'd maybe assume I'd been hallucinating or something. <laughs> but I, I went on a, a sort of driving and wild camping trip through Northern Europe in in 2019 and my my goal was to reach a, a town at the very top of Norway called Hammerfest um, which is sort of billed as the, the the northernmost city in the world it's not really a city it's probably a a large village or a small town but it's right at the top of Norway and I I had this dream to go there you know, and and stand up paddleboard there at midnight on the the summer solstice, which of course you know oh. at that time of year it never gets dark inside yeah. the Arctic Circle at all. So yeah. I had this goal to go to Hammerfest, and on the way there, I found myself wild camping one night on the on the banks of a, a river called the River Torne, which forms the forms the border between Sweden and Finland for a large section of that border, and I was really in the middle of nowhere, you know, I think the, the nearest human being was quite a long way away and uh, I pitched my tent at the at the side of the river and I'd, I'd had a look at the river but it was flowing fast and there was a lot of white water and rocks sticking out so I decided it was too dangerous. This episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan. We love Southern Oak Artisan. Their candles bring a really cool vibe to our bungalow. They do. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, and we love that they're in these, you know, really cute little jars, reusable by the way, but their clean scents are light and not overwhelming like other candles. My favorite is the morning brew. Any time of day that smells good. Mm, mine is the lime but no salt. Or maybe the Sommelier Chardonnay. Do you think there's a theme going with me there? Oh, maybe. <laughs> they have really great scents to choose from. They are only made with the highest quality ingredients, so they aren't toxic like a lot of candles are. 
100% natural soy, clean, fragrant soils. You just feel good with the air in your home being clean while burning these candles. Mm, yes. Well, for our listeners, we have a discount code. It is ADVENTURE, and it will save you 10% off of your order at southernoakartisan.com or their Etsy shop. We're going to link it for you in the show notes, too. Southern Oak Artisan, curating something a little bit extra. It's the Southern way. For me to paddle. And also it was going so fast that I would never be able to get back <laughs> to my starting point. So I decided, right, I'm not going to paddle here, um, but I, I will pitch my tent. And uh-huh. it was about 11 o'clock in the evening. It was it was getting dark air, but it never got dark all night. You know, it was late all night. So. Yeah. But there was a slight chill in the air, so I pulled the, you know, the, the hood up of my hoodie, and I pulled my coat hood over my head as well, partly to, to ward off the cold. But also there were mosquitoes buzzing around as well, trying to, to have me for their evening meal. Sure. And uh, sure. I, I did what anyone else would do in that circumstance. You know, you, you know the rules of the modern life. You know, if there's no photographs on Facebook. It didn't even happen. So right. I got my selfie stick out and I took a photograph of myself and I, the rivers, but this raging rivers behind me, you know, I'm wrapped up. You can actually see mosquitoes in the photos. And I, I felt oh. like a really brave explorer, you know, the sort of paddle boarding version of Sir Edmund Hillary or someone. And right. Right. just after I took that photograph, I heard a kind of thud, thud, thud noise from round the river bend upstream. And I thought, what on earth? is that, you know, and I, I was slightly concerned at what it might be, you know, because I, I thought right. I was in the complete wilderness, and I, I turned around, and just round that river bend came a giant inflatable pink flamingo. There were three people sitting in the corners paddling what? this flamingo down the river, and the, the chap in the back was sitting, he had a a beatbox with some Europop blaring out, that was the thud, thud, thud that I'd heard, and he was, he was drinking from a bottle of beer, and I thought, Maybe I'm not quite in the wilderness after all, or, you know, maybe these people are, are just a lot braver than I am on the pink flamingo. And um, as I say, if I didn't have a photograph of that pink flamingo, uh, I would doubt my own recollection that that actually happens. I mean, yeah, if you didn't have a photo, you would have to say, well, did I hallucinate that? Did Was I really tired? What was the deal? Because I don't think anyone would believe that. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. So then then did that inspire you to go ahead and paddle that that river or no? No, it didn't. Um, uh, yeah. I, I still, you know, I, you, you have to sort of do your own risk assessment when you're going yeah. to paddle somewhere. And I think yeah. you know, it might have been right for those three people to do that, but it wasn't right for me. And um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I guess being on my own as well, you know, that there was three of them. If one of them had got into trouble, perhaps. They could have right. looked out for you to look out for each other, but I was on my own, so uh, yeah. I, I just I, ju- I just got into my tent and went to sleep. <laughs> Do you always uh, stand up paddleboard during the day, or have you ever gone at night? I have paddled at night a few times, and um, I mean, I, I did actually make it to Hammerfest and paddle at night uh, at midnight, but it wasn't dark. You know, the, the sun was still. Sort right. of hanging low in the sky, but I have paddled after dark, and that can be a, a magical experience as well, you know, because quite often the wind drops when it gets dark and it, yeah. it can be quite still. And if you know, if the moon's out and the stars are shining, it can be quite oh. a beautiful experience. Um, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Out of those 47 countries, 
have you been to a country that uh, made you a little leery about 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 paddleboarding there? Has anyone ever said, you know, what are you doing and being being negative about it? Or is has the response in the country's always been, yeah, it's fine, it's normal? Yeah, I think I've always been. I feel that I've always been made welcome wherever I've gone. And okay. I, I've tried sort of lately, I've tried to sort of make contact with people in the countries that I'm going to and arrange to paddle with them. Back in the early days, I was maybe a little bit insular, you know, it was just me and, and my board and I'd get on the water <laughs> and get off again and, you know, get, get my spreadsheet out and put a tick against <laughs> Croatia or something, you know, um, but I've, I've, I've tried, you really tried the last few years to sort of make contact with other paddlers. In, yeah. in those countries, you know, and that, that that trip around Northern Europe, for example, that I mentioned, I, you know, I made contact with some other paddlers in in Sweden and in Denmark and where else in Latvia. When I came back down, I paddled with some people in Latvia and in, in Prague and Czechia as well, you know, so I, I've tried to sort of catch up with, with other people and, and paddle with them and... Yeah. yeah, I guess just, just talking about that same subject, I've just come back last week from doing a, a section of the Danube, which runs from oh. Bratislava in Slovakia down to Budapest in Hungary. It was a 232-mile section. And just the week before, I put a note on Facebook and I said, is anyone here from Bratislava? And a chap got in touch with me and said, you know, I am what you want. So I, I told him about my quest and I said, do you want to paddle with me, you know, even for one hour or one day? And he said, well, I'm really sorry, I can't. I'm going away on my family holiday. But I got a message the next day from one of his friends who said, one of his friends was going to paddle from Vienna to Budapest. Uh, and <laughs> the timing of... It's a chap called Ludek from the, the Czech Republic. And the timing of his quest meant he would be leaving Bratislava the same day that I was. So I paddled that whole 230 kilometers with Ludek from the Czech Republic. Ludek doesn't speak any English. I don't speak any Czech. Uh, we had to use Google Translate to try and speak to each other. Um, but... It was still fantastic company. He's a crazy guy, Ludek. You know, he's done a lot of um, adventures. He's, I think he's quite a YouTube star in, in oh. Czechia. Uh, he would, if he was listening to this, he would be interrupting me to say he's from Moravia. So Moravia is a, a district of, of Czechia, if you like, you know. So, um, okay. Uh, and he may well listen to this podcast, so I better make that correction now. Um <laughs> It all went really well apart from day two when I thought we'd wild camped on the first night and we were planning to wild camp on the second night again. And, and I thought Ludek had got somewhere in mind to camp. So I was just sort of following him. And right. he thought I had somewhere in mind <laughs> to camp. So he was just following me. And the, you know, the irony is I did have somewhere in my plan, but I just paddled past it because I thought I was following Ludek, and I, suddenly it got to, gosh, it's just about to get dark, we better find somewhere to camp, and we ended up, it, it was a beautiful spot, but it was quite an urban place, it was just on a 
a beach next to a city. We were more or less under a road and a rail bridge where there was traffic going over all night. And right. we had to camp for a sort of gravelly beach, which was on a bit of a slope as well. But, you know, the sunset was beautiful and I've got that. I've got that story to carry around with me for the rest of my life as well. <laughs> yes. You're doing this. You go to a different country, you land or, you know, however you get there, but let's just say you land and you have, do you bring your paddleboard or you, you look for when there? Yeah. I, I almost always take my own board now, but you know, so back in the early days, I would occasionally book a, either a higher board or a, a guided tour with someone and uh, I was let down quite a few times with that you know so for example somebody in Vienna contacted me about two days before to say um, oh I'm sorry the weather's forecast not looking very good I'm going to have to cancel and really There was nothing wrong with the weather because I managed to find somewhere to hire a board <laughs> and the, the weather was fine and I've also hired equipment where some boards I've got three fins but one of the fins was missing or the you know we use a a a leash to attach ourselves to the board as a safety Mm -hmm. requirement or safety equipment so you know once I I hired a board and they didn't give me a leash you know so I've I've learned that lesson really and I almost always take my own equipment with me now uh, unless I strongly believe I can rely on an in-country supplier to supply me. So if I was going back to Australia, I'd probably hire a board in Australia rather than take it with me. But um... okay. So when you when you get there, I'm guessing because you're 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 sort of traveling, I guess, on this to your next stop in some cases. So do you just have a backpack that fits your tent and everything that you need? Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit more than that. The, the, the stand-up paddle boards, most of them are inflatable, so you deflate it. You roll it up and it goes into a. Oh. It goes into quite a a, a large rucksack. Uh, okay. You, you can get a little bit of extra stuff in the rucksack. You see, you can probably get a few clothes in, and um, if I'm going camping, I can get uh-huh. my camping stove and, and and cooking pots and pans and things in there as well. But r- really, you need a you need your, your rucksack that's got your sock board in it, and you need at least another sort of rucksack for you know a few more clothes and you know miscellaneous items but it's quite a lot to sort of carry through airports and things but you know that's just part of the yeah part of the quest you've had all these trips so far up to 360 kilometers on many of the you know the bodies of water so i would imagine i don't know but i would imagine you have to maybe have a strong core um you probably have to have some kind of a health and workout regimen is that right and what is your routine for saying yeah, I'd, I'd say yes and no to that I've been a little bit lazy recently especially maybe sort of going back to when COVID and, and lockdown came along I really prior to that I, I sort of exercised fairly regularly and went to the gym fairly regularly you know I haven't really got going again with that exercise since we've been released back into the wild if you like yeah um, yeah you, you know I do go to the gym occasionally but not n- not what I should do so I, I don't really have a a training regimen for stand-up paddle boarding but I guess okay. because I've done I've done so much paddle boarding over the years. I think those muscle groups are oh. fa- fairly strong anyway. But, you know, the 
the, the long distance stuff, I don't know if you can really train for that. You know, how do you... I know. How do you train for a 360-kilometre paddle? The, the only way to train for it really is to do a 360-kilometre <laughs> paddle. Um, but I, I have this kind of theory that, you know, going back to my early days in paddling, I'd probably do two kilometres or five kilometres or, 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 or whatever. You know, I hadn't done very much long-distance stuff um, until... Right. Until those lockdown years, really, when I decided to start, you know, once we were allowed back out again, but we, we, we couldn't sort of go to work or go abroad or anything. I decided to explore the, the English Lake District, which I mentioned earlier. I can see that from my, yeah. I can see the hills from my window. You know what I've realized? What's that, Jer? People think that when the temperatures cool down that you don't need to drink as much water. Dehydration can happen any time of year. Drinking water is important year-round. It's easy to stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Absolutely. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet, so you can take them with you wherever you go. It's an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. So many flavors to choose from, too. Grape, tropical punch guava, passion fruit, strawberry. Okay, okay. Liquid IV has a ton of flavors. <laughs> there is something for everyone. If you want your water to work harder for you, you should definitely try Liquid IV. And for our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com and use code ARNERADVENTURES, you can save 15% and get free shipping. We'll link it in the show notes too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. And Oh. I decided to paddle around the perimeter of all of the the lakes there that you can paddle on, which was my mm. th that was my sort of healing, if you like, to the you know I found that, that sort of twenty twenty and twenty one quite difficult. Yeah, you, you know for yeah. mental health. I, mm -hmm. I I live on my own, although luckily I was able to see my two youngest daughters even yeah. during lockdown, but. You know, it's, it's difficult being sort of stuck in the house on your own, you know, and uh, it did, it didn't do any favours for my mental health, but getting right. back out and exploring the Lake District was my, my blue therapy or green therapy, if you like. Uh, yes, yes. Th that kind of led me to this quest to, I'll paddle around the perimeter of all of the 12 lakes there that you're allowed to paddle on. So I, I, I did, and I, I built up gradually to Windermere, which is the largest lake in England. And the the, the perimeter of that lake's 42 kilometres. And I'd never paddled that distance before. But, you know, I remember saying to myself, if you can paddle 20 kilometres, you can paddle 30. If you can yeah. paddle 30, you, you can paddle 40. So I just convinced myself... That, that huh. I can do it, you know, and I think the, the way I paddle, certainly long distance stuff, that it's on par with walking in terms of the amount of exertion involved. So yeah. it might be it's difficult and it's hard work to walk for eleven hours a day, but most people's bodies are capable of doing that. You know, I I couldn't yeah. run for eleven hours a day, but I can walk for eleven hours a day. I can stand up paddle for eleven hours a day. So uh, right. I, I I did complete that forty two on Windermere, and then the next year I went to Loch Lomond, which is the largest loch in Scotland, and it's ninety kilometers all the way round. So I, <gasps> I said to myself, well, you should paddle forty two. You can, you can do paddle 90. 90. And, and, you know, you can. You can definitely do that. And then when I did that 360 on the, the Danube last year, that was from Passau in Germany to, to Bratislava. And I remember saying to myself, well, if you can paddle 90, you can paddle 360. Obviously, the, the oh 92 my... was in two days. The 360 took me eight. But, you know, you, you you can do these things if you're 
if you're reasonably healthy. So I don't have any, I don't have any particular training that I do enable to, to enable me to do that. I just, I, I am able to go and do it, I guess. Probably the that you that you keep it up also. Yeah, just, like yeah. you said, it builds those muscles that maybe in the beginning weren't quite, you know, maybe ready, but I maybe it's some good muscle memory of, yeah. of doing it. So I definitely I, I recall the you know the first couple of times I went paddling but the muscles in my legs were so sore the next day I could barely walk downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now look at me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You brought up the the mental health part of it and we can totally relate you know covid and being in lockdown and all of that was it was really difficult for a lot of people but i you know for me and we had curfews at some time but uh i i started walking like i never walked as much as i had during covid and or during that period of time so i can relate to you know it it is hard on your mental health, especially when you can't do something and you can't be active. And I think, you know, there's studies that show that being active and being able to do things does improve your mental health. So I'm wondering if you can tell us what mental and overall life lessons have you personally taken away from stand up paddleboarding across the world? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've learned to, I've learned a few things, and but one of them, I guess, is I've alluded to this already. In fact, I've spoken about it already. Sort of overcoming that that, that fear of failure and the the negative self talk, because that that conversation I had with Amy in the fitness factory, where she she laughed and said, "Everyone says that you, you'll be fine," you know, and that that was a sliding doors moment for me because I could have. I, I had a choice either to listen to my own negative voice telling me, don't do it, you'll fall in and you'll get wet. Or right. I, I could have listened to Amy's voice saying, just do it, you'll be fine. And I, I, I chose to listen to Amy. And I, I, I try and carry that lesson around with me as to, you can't, you know, you don't get me wrong, you can't do everything, you can't try everything. No one's got the the time or the money to do everything that they might be tempted to do. But, you know, I think we can say yes to to opportunities just a little bit more often than, than yeah. we have done previously. And I think that opens up, you know, a, a whole new world for, for any of us, you know, so there's, there's definitely a life lesson in there. I'm, I'm sure. And I mean, yeah. I, 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 what if you had not gone that first time? Yeah. If, I, yeah. if, if, if the girls had done their dancing lessons somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, or maybe they, they hadn't gone that day or something, you know, you know, but, but the, whole, the whole rest of my life would have been entirely different, you know. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had the wonderful experiences that I've had. And I think you also, you know, you, you mentioned exercise being good for mental health. And I think there's a, a growing body of research that says time spent outdoors. Yes. You yes. Know, especially either in green spaces or or close by water, you know, I think those things are, are are now beginning to be seen as good for our mental health as well. And, yeah. you know, paddle boarding sort of led me to rediscover a love of camping. And ah. I'm saying re rediscover, you know, I haven't really been camping since I was a teenager and I'm in my, my mid, mid to late 50s now, you know, but uh, yeah. I rediscovered, um, you know, because of stand-up paddleboarding, I rediscovered the joy of camping, you know, and just putting my, 
if I'm doing a multi-day trip, you know, I can just put my tent inside a dry bag. It goes in the front of my boards. And I can just paddle somewhere and when I get there, I put the tent up. And because ah. I've been active all day and I'm out in the fresh air, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, you know, so I'm not... You know, people say oh, I couldn't go camping because I've got a sore back or I wouldn't get to sleep. But if you if you've been exercising all day, all day. And, and you're tired, you know, you just crawl into your tent, you crawl into your sleeping bag, you you, you fall asleep straight away. And I think just when the sun comes out, you wake up. Yeah. As opposed to at home when my alarm goes off and I, I press snooze and grumble a little bit yeah. and you know press snooze again 10 minutes later and wake up in a really bad mood because I've got to get up but when you're in your tent and the, the yeah. sun's shining it's just yeah it's time to get up I'll get up and I'll I'll get my little stove out and I'll make a cup of coffee and I'll have breakfast and yeah when I'm away in these camping and paddling trips I do leave life's worries behind me you know they're and they're still there when you get back but even if you get a few few days off from your troubles then you know that's got to be a good thing well and you brought up a good a good topic about being of course being outside but being near water there's tons of stories studies about that too and you know for for what we did i mean you know we sold all of our stuff and moved here to the coast so that we could be by water i mean we just yeah i just feel like being by water, in water, around water is, is, I don't know. It just does something. It does something positive mentally, physically, spiritually. I feel like it's, it's healing in a way. And so to, to hear you like getting on the water all the time, I I think it's, gosh, I just think there's so many benefits to that. That all sounds so amazing. And I'm so glad that you took that lesson that day. <laughs> so, so, so am I. <laughs> Let's get to your fast five questions. The first one is sunrise or sunset? Definitely for me, sunset. Okay. I, I love going for a sunset paddle where you, you go out onto the water maybe about half an hour before the sun's due to set. And yeah. You, you wait for the sun to set and we we get some lovely sunsets over the the, the marine lake here at the right yeah. time of year as well so i'd say d- definitely sunset you're right i am an elaborating person because i'm now quick answer there but no, I, I enjoy a sunrise paddle i just don't like getting up in the morning <laughs> well and my question i knew that i figured i was gonna have i was gonna be talking through these that's why i took out the fast but uh where have you seen the best sunset while paddleboarding? The best sunset I've ever seen while I was on a stand-up paddleboarding trip, but I wasn't paddling at the time. Oh, okay. was at the, uh, I was wild camping at the, the side of a lake in Sweden called, uh, my, my Swedish pronunciation is probably appalling, but <laughs> Sir John Skagern, I would okay. pronounce it, and it's a... It's quite a big lake in Sweden, and I randomly found myself there one night wild camping. It was on that same trip when I was on my way up to to Hammerfest, and I yeah. I just put my tent up before it went dark, and it, the sun just sort of dropped low over the the hills behind the water, but it was purple. Everything, oh. the sky, the the water. It was like a sort of almost a a, a drawing with sort of crayons or pastels or something and it was purple yeah. it, it wasn't that sort of yellowy red maroon sunset that, that i love but we're used to and it, yeah. it was just purple and there was just a black rock in the middle of the lake and it just looked like a sort of 
black glistening. Oh. And I, I don't I don't know how to describe it. it just such a contrast to everything else being purple. That, that that's the favorite sunset I've ever seen oh. a, a, anywhere in my life. While you're paddleboarding, would you rather encounter a whale or a shark? I haven't encountered either. Interesting thing happened not so long ago when I was paddling in Carlingford Loch in Ireland and there's a, a dolphin that lives there called Finn. I don't know why they called him Finn, I guess. Uh-huh. It's a, a name for dolphins. And I, I, I was really, really keen to... There was a lovely sunset there, by the way, as well, when we've had okay. there. But I, I, I met up with, with, with Francie and Kathleen, a couple of online friends. They, they didn't do the whole of that trip with me, but they, they paddled over me from Greencastle, which is in Northern Ireland, to Greenore, which is in the Republic of Ireland. So I, I uh-huh. crossed a kind of a border that day, if you like, and the beautiful sunset. And we were just coming into Greenore, which is where Finn the dolphin lives, and we were looking all, you know, just looking all over the place, straight ahead out to the side. I, I really hope we see Finn. We didn't see him, and we oh, got off the okay. we got off the water, and we're just packing up off the water, and he start Finn the dolphin just sort of starts what? jumping in front of us, and when we got up to the promenade, a woman came up and approached us, and she said did you not see Finn when you were out paddling? And we were like, no, we didn't see him. And she said, oh, he was swimming alongside you as you were paddling into the shore. And we were, we were obviously, we were looking forward, left and right, but we didn't sort of turn around and look at a right angle. If we had, we'd have seen him. So um, if I'm allowed to choose between whale, shark or dolphin, I would say dolphin. (laughs) Me too. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, now you can say that you paddleboard with Finn. I mean, I think that's that's valid. You can say that. Yeah, I think we did. Whether we saw it or not doesn't matter. (laughs) There were witnesses. (laughs) Right. That's amazing. Maybe I'd say shark because the sharks that live around the part of the world where I live wouldn't do you any damage. Um, Yeah. Probably the whales wouldn't either. Plane or boat? I think plane, okay. just because of the ease of getting there. I've, I've been on a, a couple of cruise holidays over the years, and, I, and I've really enjoyed that experience, but yeah. I think I'd rather spend two hours on an aeroplane and then the next five hours paddle boarding than, yeah. than spend seven hours on a boat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you grab first for your trip, your passport or your paddleboard? Ah, probably my passport because um, <laughs> I'm going somewhere that, that I will need it. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, it's kind of a treasured possession as well, you know. It yeah. Goes, it goes inside a dry sack that then goes inside a dry bag that goes inside yeah. something else because, that's, you know, especially yeah. some of the places I go, I'd hate, to, I'd hate to lose my passport. Yes, yes. Okay, and you may have already answered this, but we're going to ask it anyway. Are you an early riser or a late sleeper? Normally, I'm a late sleeper. Okay. Uh, I, I, I know that contradicts with what I said about sleeping in a tent and camping. Well, it's different when you're camping. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, I'm not particularly a morning person, and uh, <laughs> I never have been. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, then that's good. It makes me feel a little bit better that we started at eight o'clock your time. <laughs> yeah. This time works absolutely perfectly for me. If it was, okay. if it was eight o'clock in the morning, it, it might not be so good. And, uh, again, just talking about those sort of mental health and the voices in your head, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I personally find I get better as the day goes on. So when I wake up in the morning, I've got all the, the negative thoughts about the day ahead. And I've, I've learned to just tell myself that, the day will get better as it goes on and and it does you know i mean uh, yeah i guess if we'd been having this this interview eight o'clock in the morning uh, <laughs> i might have woke up at seven o'clock and sent you a text message oh sorry i'm, I'm not feeling very well today but you know by the time seven o'clock this evening came around i was really excited and looking forward to it so i'm definitely an evening person okay okay and then the question we ask everyone and we think it's the most important is what does a life well lived mean to you? That's a really interesting question. And I, I knew you were going to ask me that question and I'm still not entirely sure, sure. What, I'm, what I'm going to say because it's quite a, it's quite a deep question. But I think, I think for me, there's a recognition that life is or, or can be short. You know, none of us really know how much time we, we've got left in this place that we call planet Earth. And I think... I think what I want to do is just to try and use the t whatever time I've got left to try and use it as wisely and productively uh, as possible. And I think that means you're spending time with friends and family, doing those things you enjoy. And for me, that is stand up paddle boarding and yeah. Yeah. trying to live my life. I think that's beautiful. That's a beautiful answer. Whether you know it or not, I know so, because I think when Jerry and I were reading your whole story, we were inspired. You're inspiring people. I mean, you're inspiring people, whether it's, you know, it doesn't have to be stand up paddle boarding, but you're inspiring people to say, okay, like you said earlier, to say yes more yeah, and to yeah. go after things that you might not even consider. I mean, you know, if somebody told you the week before, hey, in a few years, you're going to have, have stand-up paddleboard in 47 countries, <laughs> I would imagine you would say, okay, you're crazy. Yeah, I've never I, I, been I would have done. <laughs> Definitely. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so I, you're right. Life is short and, and we should do more of the things, say, say yes to more things because we never know where those experiences are going to take us. And so you are truly and inspiration. And, and, you know, we call this episode series spark in our lives, which sounds like a soap opera, but it, you really are sparking our lives for, for knowing what you're doing. You're going after it and it brings you so much joy. And I, I just think that that is wonderful. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And if he, even one person who's listening to this episode goes out and tries something new as a result of the, the, the chat that we've had today, then I, yeah. I think that would be absolutely wonderful. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that they will. I, I know that I'm going to book us some paddleboard <laughs> lessons <laughs> and we're actually going to do it. <laughs> please, please do. And if you get any photographs, you know, please, please get in touch and let me know I how will. it went. I will definitely send you pictures for sure. Well, John, please tell our audience where they can find you, how they can follow along your stand up paddleboarding adventures and, and all of that. Okay, Shannon. So the, the the main place that I'm active is is on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram as well, and I I have a blog. And my my name sort of online on social media is Sup the World. So Sup is 
SUP, it's the acronym for Stand Up Paddle Boarding. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just sop the world. So if if anyone went on to Facebook and you know typed in facebook.com forward slash sop the world, they, they would find me. If they okay. if they went to sop the world.com, they would find my blog, which I I have a love-hate relationship with my blog. <laughs> it's not completely up to date, but I, I I try and put a few interesting stories on there and I, I've got links to the places I've paddled and I'm also on Instagram as well. So that's sop underscore the underscore world underscore. And I would okay. love it if anyone wanted to follow me on on any yeah. or all of those places. I'm going to link all of those down in the show notes as well so that they can just click it and get to it and find you easily. I cannot thank you enough for being here. This was so great. I was looking forward to this ever since it was booked. So I really appreciate it. I know Jerry's going to love this conversation. We really appreciate your time. No, th- Thank you for inviting me. It's been my pleasure and privilege to be here. What a guy. Oh, oh, indeed. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. remember when we recorded the episode, I was a little tired that afternoon. Uh-huh. I, I don't even remember what was going on, but I just remember I was a little bit tired and, but I, I couldn't wait to talk to him. Yeah. And John really lit a spark in me. It, it, uh-huh. When we were finished, I was ready to tackle something new, yeah. something I hadn't done before. And now I sort of think about that in my daily life ever since we had it recorded. Oh, sure. Sure. I, I, I mean, and he was just somebody that drew me right in when I, when I started watching the interview you did with him Yeah, and, uh, and just such a neat topic, you know, stand up paddleboard. I know. I mean, what a story uh, yeah. to not only just decide, yes, I'm going to try this thing out paddleboarding, but now to have the goal of paddleboarding in every country and he's been to 47 <laughs> countries paddleboarding. Yeah. I can't even say I've been to 47 countries doing anything. No. And I feel like, you know, we're open to travel and all that, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Many people have not been in that many countries, but to do it with that one theme of paddleboarding everywhere, that's just, that's fun. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. It's just amazing. Uh Uh-huh. If you know of someone who could use some inspiration or enjoy this conversation, please share it with them. Please send them a screenshot, a link. We would appreciate it. Yep. As you always say, Jerry, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. As always, you can find us at ArnerAdventures.com on Instagram at ArnerAdventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.